It was the supreme engineering feat of its day, a soul-stirring architectural and industrial achievement, the ultimate expression of machine-age America's ingenuity and technological prowess. More than half a century later, the white concrete wedge on the Arizona-Nevada border still inspires awe. A new generation of bigger, more sophisticated engineering marvels has risen, yet Hoover Dam remains the benchmark, the most famous dam in the world, a monumental and distinctly American icon. Words and pictures cannot convey the dam's majestic appearance or its overwhelming impact, something I discovered when I toured the structure in the fall of 1980. Like thousands of visitors before me, I was awestruck by the huge, graceful wall of concrete, the gargantuan towers and tunnels, the steady, full-throated hum of the turbines and transformers. I was stunned, too, by the enormity of the setting, by the stark, soaring grandeur of the river gorge and the forbidding red and black sweep of the surrounding desert. How, I wondered, could this massive concrete barrier, its working parts functioning with the smooth precision of a finely crafted machine, have been built in so rugged and inaccessible a place? What manner of men had possessed the audacity to undertake such a daunting construction project in the depths of the Great Depression? How had the thousands of laborers who came to this lonely canyon coped with the terrible heat, the unforgiving rock, the dangers they faced at every turn? What had it been like to work and live in this inhospitable landscape during the 1930s? To my surprise, I found that the answers were not readily available. Much had been written about Hoover Dam's political genesis and its economic and environmental effects on the Southwest and Southern California. The structure had been analyzed as a work of architecture and as a modernist symbol. Its size and otherworldly beauty had been celebrated in poems, in essays, and on film. But a book telling the full story of how the dam was built had not been written, and so my task became clear. I turned to dusty treatises and yellowing journals, many of them untouched for more than fifty years. I read through stacks of moldering newspapers and magazines. I examined thousands of black-and-white construction photographs and plowed through reams of old records, correspondence, and personal papers. And I listened to the tales, humorous and heartrending, thrilling and terrifying, of the men who built Hoover Dam with their sweat and blood. From the dim print, the ghost-like photographic negatives, the fading memories, the shape, color, and texture of a bygone era emerged. A time when the engineer and the builder were romantic figures, when taming a wild river was a heroic endeavor, when holding a job and feeding one's family was a feat of honor. Against this backdrop, the story of Hoover Dam came to life. The facts and figures the anecdotes and images, the sights, sounds, and emotions were revealed as interconnected elements in a sweeping drama, a technological and human epic, a great American adventure. In writing this book, I have tried to concentrate on the human dimensions of Hoover Dam's construction while not ignoring the details of engineering, machinery, and construction techniques. It would be impossible to comprehend the dam's larger meaning, to understand what motivated its designers, 
to share the triumphs and tragedies of its builders without some understanding of the formidable technical obstacles that were encountered and overcome at the dam site.